You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 328. In this episode, I talk to Amy Woods about how to maximize value from the content you create. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, uplevel your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. On today's episode, I speak with Amy Woods, who is an online entrepreneur, expert in content repurposing, speaker, and podcast host. She helps online content creators grow their audience by maximizing their return on their content. She's the founder of Content 10X, where she provides content repurposing services to podcasters, video content creators, and bloggers. Before we dive in, I want to share a review from Apple Podcasts from Viola from Switzerland. Are you an online business owner seeking expert know-how and inspiration? The Sigrun Show is it. Get inside and boost that business of yours. The world is waiting for your magic and Sigrun helps you make it. Thank you, Viola. I would also appreciate if you left a review on Apple Podcasts and maybe you'll hear your name mentioned in an upcoming episode. Go to sigrun.com forward slash 328 to find links to Amy Woods and the show notes of this episode. And there you'll also find plan your profit success guide for you for free. I'm so excited to be here with Amy Woods to talk about how you can multiply your content and actually reuse what you've already created. Thank you for coming on the show, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Really looking forward to the chat. (laughs) So I always start with saying how I know someone because I think I've all the people that I've had on my show, I have either met them in person or been Facebook friends with them. Maybe I've had two or three guests that I didn't know previously. They were just recommended to me, but we have definitely met. And I was thinking we met first at Upreneur Summit or Social Media Marketing World and then also Podcast Movement. Yeah, yeah, we've been to quite a few. I think it's been two entrepreneurs, hasn't it? Maybe two social media marketing worlds, podcast movement. So we definitely move in the similar event circles, don't we? <laughs> we do, we do. And then it becomes a little bit embarrassing when you don't know the person, but you kind of feel you know them uh, yeah. because you see them again and again. And then at some point you say, hey, let's talk or uh, <laughs> let's figure it out. So Yes. So I figured out what you did. Of course, you help entrepreneurs 10x their content. Fascinating topic. I look forward to diving into it. But before, I am very curious to figure out how you got to this place. So what were you doing before and how and why did you start doing this? Yeah, so it's it's an interesting story and um, I certainly wasn't working in the repurposing content world before. <laughs> so I... Um, So graduated from university, business school, had a degree in maths and management. And then I didn't really know what I wanted to do. A lot of my friends were kind of going on to the big five, Ernst & Young, Deloitte, etc. And I just didn't, I didn't really 
resonate with that. So I went traveling for a year to Australia and did some work there, went through Southeast Asia, got back, had to get a real job, and then ended up joining Accenture as a management consultant. And it was supposed to be kind of one to two year plan and then I was going to start my own business but one to two years became three four and I ended up working there for 13 years Wow! <laughs> um, yeah and I was um ended up in a, a senior position I was in the senior leadership team in the change management area so my speciality was change management in large fortune 500 companies mergers and acquisitions and kind of the people aspects of change a big corporate job and then two things I suppose happened one I had children and it was a career that involved a lot of travel you know very normal to just expect it to be away from Monday morning to Thursday night Friday every week so children that could presented a challenge and travel like you used to and then I got ill as well so I got poorly after my second child and I had to have quite a bit of time off kept having to have operations and kept having to have quite long recoveries after them ended up having quite a lot of time off which was quite you know shocking I've been very healthy my whole life so to suddenly be poorly but it kind of took me off the hamster wheel really because being off and I was not very good at relaxing even though I was supposed to be taking it easy I immersed myself in this online business world so I discovered people, I discovered podcasts. I didn't know what a podcast was before then. So I discovered people like Amy Porterfield and Pat Flynn and became quite obsessed with this online business world, thinking, right, now's the time to leave. I can't be the best management consultant and the best parent that I want to be. They just don't go hand in hand. Time to leave. I should start this business. Let's learn. So I was consuming content, podcasts, blogs, courses, all kinds of things. And then I did leave. So I, I kind of resigned Well, I resigned, I went back, but I was already on this path. And I started a business that was more aligned with my skill set, which was kind of coaching people, but smaller businesses with aspects of business, basically business coaching. And I was creating content. So I was trying to go live with Facebook and then every week turn my Facebook lives into YouTube videos and then visuals and audiograms, all that kind of thing. And then I realized that, what I was doing with the repurposing of my content where I had a writer helping me write posts, I had a graphics person helping me with the graphics, so on. So I had a little team that were helping me. And I suddenly thought, right, this is a service actually because somebody would pay for somebody else to actually repurpose their content and not have the copywriter and the graphics person and the video person, but just go to one person to do it all for them. And that's when I had my kind of aha moment because I wasn't really loving what I was doing with my other business. But that was when I thought, right, a bit of an aha moment. So I went to a mastermind with Chris Ducker. It was just six of us and Chris, and it was an idea. I just had a little idea. Um, Didn't have any logo or even a website or anything, just thinking about it. And I presented it to the room, and everybody in there said, well, I'd buy it. Like I I think it's a great offering. I think you should do it. So, yeah, I just kind of really quite quickly took it from there. got a website, got some branding. I worked out my systems and my processes. Got my first client almost two years ago, May 2017, got my first client. And then I just I just had a small, like simple landing page then. So I was more focused on the actual operational side of the business than anything else. Just get a client and see that it works. And then I got another client and another client and it's kind of just gone on from there. So Content 10X is a a creative agency that's what we are basically we're an agency but we specialize in repurposing content that's all that we do and we work with 
live streamers, bloggers, vloggers, podcasters, taking their content and repurposing it. So it's, yeah, you know, the management consultancy side, whilst it's very different, it's all about systems and processes. You know, we have so many different processes for what we do for our clients and it's about managing the team as well. So the skills there, team management, systems, processes all come into play. Um, but, it, you know, what I'm doing now is very different to what I used to do. And I and I love it. It's brilliant. So I couldn't be happier, actually. <laughs> and I love that you're doing it. And I can totally understand that when you shared your business idea with uh, your masterminders, that they all fell in love with it. Because this is probably what, you know, producing content once is kind of easy. It's fun. You go on Facebook Live, you share something, or we record this podcast. But the rest of it, it kind of gets on hold. People... I think a lot, most people know they should repurpose, but doing it, it's a totally different angle and uh, it doesn't get done. So what do you, uh, you know, I have of course read articles, especially by Gary Vaynerchuk. He had like a fantastic post going out, like how you could uh, chop up your content into, I don't know if it was 30 or 60 or hundred different pieces, <laughs> but what would you say? If uh, let's assume that yeah, someone has a podcast, I know that a lot of my listeners might have a podcast, but maybe they, they don't have a podcast. Maybe they just have a blog post. What would be your highest one? Do you say it's video is the best first content or where, where do people start? I think video is the best starting point because it's just the most versatile form of content because when you've got video, then you can obviously you can take audio. So you get video and audio at the same time. So that's why it kind of, beats podcasts really in terms of you get both so you get video you can get audio you can get lots of short social media content from video as well so you know as we can create graphics and we can create quotes and things like that but with video you can just create short you know 15 second clips 20 second clips so you can turn it into micro content and create you know bite-sized social content from longer form video which is really engaging on social platforms and you can still then turn video into a written post as well you know you go live or do facebook live something like that then you can turn that content into written so it's just the most versatile you can create great engaging social content you can create audio you can create written content podcast is great but video kind of trumps it a bit and then I think to trump that even further live video so if you can go live I think that's the ultimate because you have the community building aspect of going live and the access to your audience and the engagement factor there but if within your live you can kind of segment it so there's a section that's really a value add section that doesn't involve too much interaction really is more presenting on a topic that's the section that you can then take the audio from that you can then create a, a video that will be more suitable for youtube and other places and all the shorter videos and then write the blog post based on that so the, i'd say live video pre-recorded video podcast you know I mean, you can turn blog posts into lots of different content as well, but it's just the less versatile because you don't have any anything else. You don't have the written, you don't have the video. So you then have to go and create them separately rather than extract, if that makes sense. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. So I noticed that you said with live video, you would cut it up because what I see a lot of people do that are thinking they're repurposing <laughs> correctly, but they're taking, for instance, a Facebook Live downloading it and uploading the whole piece to YouTube. Why do you think that's a bad thing? 
Well, I think it's a bad thing. It, I guess it just depends on the Facebook Live, how long it was and things like that. But I think that there are aspects of live recordings that just aren't that engaging and interesting for a non-live audience. And attention spans are so um, short these days. You know, you really have to get people's attention. So even if you include the start, maybe there's a little bit of time where you're waiting for people to join and you're saying hello and, you know, things like that to people. People don't really want to see any of that I believe, like anyway, after the event, like, you know, after the event, I think what you need to do is create, you know, sharper, more focused content that people are going to engage with. So we always say that let's say it's a Facebook Live, plan it in such a way that you can just take segments out to have more value pack, like non-interaction, or if there's interaction only if it's interesting to somebody who is not watching it live, but just taking the whole one. You can, I mean, it's maybe it's better than nothing, I'm not sure, but I just think a little bit more time to actually put some thought into a video that is more um, YouTube-friendly. You know, YouTube videos are very different to Facebook Live videos. People are after different things on YouTube. They're searching for information as opposed to having an interactive experience with people. So that's what I, I, we tend to do, and that's what we see works really well. We even take 30-minute live streams and turn them into five-minute YouTube videos because we take you know, a selection of the most impactful sections, the best quotes or the best things people said and just turn it into a great short video, add in a good start and a good end, a little bit of music, maybe even produce it a bit. And it's still from the Facebook Live, but it's more YouTube-friendly in format. Yeah, I think that's also in alignment with, you know, one of the people that is probably reproducing the best is, is Gary Vee. I mentioned him before. Uh, he will do a talk on stage and I have Amazon Alexa on my table and there is a 90 second clip from that talk and you can see him on stage because my Amazon has a, you know, a screen, but uh, ultimately everyone else who has Amazon without a screen is just going to hear the audio. So it's a 90 second clip maybe for a 60 minute talk. So does that mean that you're going to have multiple clips from, let's say, a 30-minute video or a 60-minute or a talk? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think as, as many clips as you can take that stand alone add value. I, I guess like the most important thing that I always think is that when you're repurposing content, the content that you create from the original piece of content still needs to add value. You know, it still needs to be... Um, something interesting that someone can get something from, something that is is engaging on its own. And so, yeah, I think especially, yeah, someone like Gary, I bet you could take so many clips from his talks on stages around the world or his podcasts and things like that. But as long as it's just something that adds value on its own, I think you can get lots and lots and lots from a single video or a single podcast episode. Do you think it helps knowing this upfront, like when you are planning your Facebook Live or, or, or your videos that you realize it will be chopped up? Yeah, definitely. Like I think that you should create content with repurposing in mind and think about it. So when you are going to create, to do, for example, that Facebook Live, that have it in mind that you are going to be repurposing it and structure in such a way, you know, segment your show so for example when you're about to get into the core piece of content that you know is going to be extracted to clips just let your audience know that for the next five or ten minutes i'm not going to respond to comments i'm not being rude but i'm not going to respond to any comments i'm just going to present my topic and then you know at the end i'll, I'll respond to you all and we'll have a great 
conversation. So, you know, plan it in such a way that you let people know and then you know, right, this section is going to be going to be going to be repurposed, we're going to get clips from it, we're going to turn it into a video. And the same, you know, for any kind of content really, I just think that just know what your repurposing is going to be. You know, have a plan, have a little bit of a system because it will affect how you create the content like you know even just certain words that you choose to use and things like that if you know you're going to turn it into more evergreen repurpose content you might just use slightly different words as well and things like that so it does definitely start at the planning stage yeah i actually did this this was probably in may 2017 which is funny because that's when you started uh this business i created a video series seven stages of profitable online business and I always find it a lot easier to go on Facebook Live than do a pre-recorded video. I really just enjoy knowing that there is someone watching. But I immediately had repurposing in mind. Uh, so I actually skipped the whole, hi, who's watching, da-da-da. I went straight into my content because I wasn't going to rely on the live portion of the audience. And I made it 30 minutes and I had slides. Uh, so it was more like... I was just creating a video, but I was using that life element just to motivate myself. And then anyone who was watching live or watched it afterwards, I would just comment. I would reply to them in a written form and not in the video. So that that worked for me. Yeah. And, uh, and I bet, you know, you can, this, like you said, you had slides. So you could repurpose the slides as well. They could go onto SlideShare as well. And you could use each individual slide and create graphics to go out onto the social platforms as well and things like that. So there's there's probably repurposing within not just the video content, but you could take some content from the slides as well. But um, I think live is great on Facebook because as you said, you can do some commenting afterwards as well and Facebook just love it. So the whole, you know, everyone talks about the algorithm, but the algorithm does really like live video. So your initial shot at doing the first piece of content is going to get more reach because Facebook are going to let people know that you've gone live and they're, you know, they still do notify your audience and they prefer that. So if you start, if you run ads, for example, against your live video straight after, just boosted it, you'd get a really, really low ad, you know, it would cost you very little on the ad spend because they want you to do that. So it's a really good starting point for so many reasons. Like, I mean, we're talking about Facebook, obviously you can go live on other platforms, but it's a, it's just a really good starting point. Yeah. I think I think people might not have all the ideas. You just mentioned SlideShare and I, you know, I was like, yeah, you're right. Because, you know, I know SlideShare, but people forget where they could put their content or how they could repurpose it. So can you mention like all the different ways, just kind of how people have a short list, what they could do? So let's say someone produces a live. We had talked about chopping it up and uploading five minutes or, or snippets to YouTube, but what else? Like, what are all the ideas for repurposing? So YouTube's great because YouTube's a search engine, of course, and so you were increasing your ability to get found by the search engines. Then I think let's go to shorter videos. So if you turn, we would always recommend doing two things, creating short teaser videos, ones that are less than a minute or around about the minute mark, that um, are square and burn some captions on them. And if you can, if, you know, if you've got the in-house skill set or the budget, create them in a more branded way. We're talking like Gary V. So have the title at the top, branding at the bottom, logo, create short videos. And in square format, you can then get them onto Instagram, uh, Facebook, you can put them onto LinkedIn 
and Twitter so you can get those short videos going out onto the social platforms. We also recommend create some vertical videos as well, so portrait um, size videos for Instagram stories in particular. So, you know, if you have an audience on Instagram, of course, because Instagram stories is where it's at, like on Instagram. In fact, I think Michael Stelson said in last year's keynote that people spend 80% of the time in stories when they're on Instagram and only about 20% actually down in the feed, yeah. Really? Wow, yeah. interesting. Maybe I'm too old-fashioned. I'm still in the feed, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, nowadays, I mean, I see people who actually put things in stories to let people know that they've just done a post. So, you know, it's stories, it says, I've just done a post, go and look, because they think people are more likely to be in stories. So so we, we really do recommend, you know, if you have an audience on Instagram, create some portrait videos as well. And again, brand them if you can, burn captions on them, make them look really good. And you can extract short videos engaging videos funny videos maybe there's even a blooper you know it's social media is about you know socializing and fun so create some good content for those platforms and then also i recommend you know some images as well so you might have a really powerful quote coming out of your video that you could turn into some quote images and so that you know just an image of the title of the video as well letting people know and get that out onto the social platforms too the video that you created for youtube would be really good to go on linkedin if you have an audience on linkedin as well you must post that natively as opposed to put the youtube link because linkedin just don't really give you much reach at all if you put a YouTube link in, but they love it if you upload the video to YouTube. So I'd really recommend doing that. You've got an audience there. And then written content is so important. So it's really good to either write um, a show, like show notes type bullet pointed kind of summary with an introduction, or even better, write a, a longer form kind of evergreen article about the topic that you discuss. So whatever you presented on, actually write a more longer form article that's not necessarily show notes of, you know, in this video we discussed X, Y, Z, but actually write about the topic because, you know, that's really good for SEO. So, you know, if you can get that onto your website. Now, I would really recommend that when you do start putting this content onto your website, create that blog post or show notes, you know, show notes are still great, but if you have the time to write something a bit longer, it's just going to help more with getting found on the search engines. But either way, get the video onto your website as well. So if you put it onto YouTube, then, you know, you can use that YouTube link onto most WordPress websites, most websites and put the player in. So you can get the video over onto your website and you could get, if you did create some graphics and things like that, bring the graphics into the post as well, make it kind of, you know, colorful post with the video, with the graphics, with the written content as well. So you can do that, create a really good like multimedia post on your website and then, if you did write an article, maybe in a few weeks to come, so not immediately, if it was an evergreen type article, think about the repurposing on kind of more syndication of that because you could get that over onto places like Medium. You could get it onto LinkedIn as an article, like a Pulse article as well. You don't get penal, there's no such thing as duplicate content with Google. You don't get penalized, um, but it's always good to have it on your own website first because then the the search engine bots will recognize that that was the original piece of content. And then if you do go and put it on places like Medium and LinkedIn or places where you're a contributor to, maybe you're a guest contributor to certain blog posts, you can just put at the end this article originally appeared on and then just provide the link back to your website. That's It's absolutely fine to do that. 
Um, and that's a good thing to do if you know that you don't get a lot of traffic at the moment to your own site because you can just tap into the traffic on other sites and people at least will see what you're about, what you're talking about and put links back to the original piece. So that's a great thing to do as well. And then, uh, yeah, I mentioned slides, like so SlideShare is good because again it's just another place to be found and when people are googling they may find your content over on SlideShare if you use the right keywords and things like that so if you have slides or you had images you can put them together into a powerpoint and then get them over onto SlideShare similar with the infographics and things like that as well so if you create infographics it's great to get them over there as well as your own website and then one of the places I've just realized I didn't mention but actually is really important as well is Pinterest because Pinterest is a search engine and you know it's not a social platform it's a search engine people go and put search terms in and they're looking for content and so at the very least you should create you know just um, various boards for yourself and then create an image of the title of the video and then or maybe just a few quotes from the video or a, dead, a really good question from the video and create a nice image with that question on put that onto Pinterest and start trying to get you know make sure that if people were searching for certain terms that it was answered in your video that there's pins on there that could help you get found on Pinterest as well so there's loads and loads and loads of places that you can go but yeah like that that's the kind of thing that I think think of the format you have to think of the format. So it was video. Let's think about written. Let's think about, I mean, I didn't even mention extracting the audio, actually. So extracting the audio and creating a podcast episode as well. Really, really good thing to do. And again, if it was a live, you wouldn't extract the audio with banter with the audience or anything like that. You'd take the most important bit of audio and maybe you would add a bit at the start and the end. Um, you know, a little bit of an intro and a little bit at the end or just an intro, but extracting the audio and creating podcast episodes as well. That's a really good thing to do. And we do that with quite a lot of our clients from Facebook Lives to podcast um, podcast episodes. It works really, really well. Wow. Now somebody's listening, thinking this sounds like a full-time job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it you can't do it all on your own. I think, you know, that's why we're a business that, that does it. And so you can't do it all on your own. I think you need to take it one step at a time and just think initially, what could I just do to get one little bit more value from this piece of content? And then when you're used to doing that, maybe take another step to not get too overwhelmed, but just know that there's, there's lots that you can do. And I actually think, I suppose, an important point is that people get on the hamster wheel of just the next piece of content the next piece of content the next piece of content and they might have oh you know i do two videos a week or something like that do you repurpose videos well no because i'm just so busy preparing for the next one i've never had time to do anything with the first one and i think if you're in situations like that it may be worth considering reducing the um, frequency that you create the content so maybe changing your schedule and doing it once a week or once every two weeks but then spending that time that you would have created the next piece of content extracting the most value from the first piece of content so not constantly pumping it out but spending more time on the promotional and repurposing efforts of the original piece of content that you keep creating yeah that's exactly right you know I launched with 100 episodes in 100 days it had multiple purpose, of course, to attract some attention, brand building, authority building, trust, but also me to practice doing a podcast. That was one of my goals, to just be a good interviewer and a good storyteller. And I think I got all out of it, but I realized it was a lot of content that I just didn't have time to market. You know, when there's a new show every day, 
you only have 24 hours to market one show. Then I went down to three episodes a week and we still had a little bit like not enough time to market every episode in a way that it deserved. So that's why we're going down to one episode a week. Let's see if I have a massive team of 10, 20 people like Gary Vee, I might go up to <laughs> a daily podcast again. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Putting out massive amount of content, that's not the point. It's taking, creating quality content and learning how to repurpose it. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's about, it's all about the message that you're trying to communicate and just looking at how can I communicate this message in different ways. And, you know, it's not, about kind of copying and pasting things in different places. It's really being creative and thinking, I've just spent a lot of time formulating my thoughts and ideas on how to communicate that message. And my first way of communicating it was by video. But let's not jump to the next message. It's a great message and not enough people are going to hear this message if they don't watch my video. So how can I get the message out there in a different way? So I think it's just really important to think about that. If you spend so much time and it's important that people hear what you have to say, then make sure that you spread that message in as many ways as possible to as many people as possible. Yeah. That's a perfect ending to a fantastic episode, Amy. Thank you so far, much for sharing your wisdom. And we already spoke before I hit the record button that we will be seeing each other soon, somewhere at the next conference. We seem to be the actual conference addicted people. But yeah, I'm very excited. And we'll link to your website in the show notes, obviously, so people can find you. I know there are people that, uh, you know, will try to do this on their own. And there are others who are further in their business and they would definitely need to hire some help to get this done so excited that you actually have this business it's very much needed thank you so much for coming on the show amy thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it i love your show <laughs> go to signal.com forward slash 328 to find links to amy woods and the show notes of this episode there you'll also find links to plan your profit success guide for you for free thank you for listening to the signal show did you enjoy this episode if you did Please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on Apple Podcast. I would also love if you tag me on Instagram with the hashtag Sigrun Show, and my handle is SigrunCom in one word. I'll see you in the next episode.